Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of Shmuel Bet, the second book of Samuel, Perak Yudalad, chapter 14. <coughs> we are up to verse 16. I must apologize that I prematurely ended the last podcast, 14a, during the speech, the words which the... Um, woman of Tekoa, the wise woman of Tekoa, said to David when she uh, told him of her predicament, which we found, which David by now knows is a fictional predicament, uh, the story where she posed as a widow <coughs> and she had two sons, one son killed the other, and now the family wants to uh, take vengeance against the murderer and take him away as well which would leave her bereft of any heir and her, her her deceased husband would then have no heir to inherit his property <coughs> and her um and uh and she would be lost of everyone and uh David said I'll I will help you I will make sure that the family don't doesn't harm him so then she said to the king well then why are you not reconciling with Avshalom, your son. <coughs> True, what Avshalom did to Amnon was bad, but it's done for the sake of the people of Israel, for the sake of the nation. You should reconcile with him, invite him back, bring him back, because we don't, we don't live forever. At some point it will be too late, and reconciliation will become impossible. <coughs> <coughs> She continues the speech in verse 16 by saying, Because the king has listened to me, that he agreed to save his maidservant, in other words, me, the speaker, from, from, from anyone, from anyone who would harm me, would harm me and my children, together, from having inheritance in God. So if you are so worried and so concerned to save me and my son from being harmed and from being prevented, um, this the 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 eternal bond to the people by having our families' uh, remnants wiped out. Certainly, you should take care of your own family as the king of the people of Israel and bring reconciliation to the family and not allow the king's family to to descend into chaos. So your maidservant said to herself, Let the words of my master, the king, be words that provide comfort to the people. I brought this story to you. I said this story to you because I wanted you to encourage you to bring peaceful, encouraging words to the people. Because you are like a messenger of God. So are you, my master, the king. You can listen to the good and the bad. In other words, you are a good judge. And the Lord God, the Lord, should be with you. I brought this to you so you should make the wise and kind and good decision for the people of Israel. And so ended her speech. So in verse 18, Vayan Amalach, the king then answered Vayomer Eloisha, and he said to the woman, Al not Don't 
hide from me anything. Because I'm going to ask you a question. Go ahead, my master the king, speak. I'll answer your question honestly. And the king said, Is Yoav involved in all of this? Was he the one that put you up to this? And the woman answered by Tomer and she said, By the life of your soul, my master the king. If there is any man who would go to the the um I'm sorry, Imish no man could go last meal to the right or the left if it would be against something that my master the king would say. In other words, I of course I will answer you honestly, right? And if you ask uh, anyone, anyone would do what you say. Ki that, and yes, it was your servant Yoav Hutibani. He was the one that commanded me, that told me to do this. For whose son Bafishiv Chascha is called Varmaila. He is the one <coughs> that used me as his spokesperson to say all of these things that I have said to you. And why did he do this? She says, Avor Sabevet Pnehadavar. He did this because he wanted to. To um, to have this come out in a concealed way, to have this come out in an indirect way, that is why your servant Yoav did it this way. And my master is a smart man, with the wisdom of similar to the wisdom of an angel or a messenger of God, to know everything that's happening in the land. In other words, you're a smart David. You picked up on what's happening. Yo, I've did this in this this roundabout way. This is, of course, the second time we have a similar way where the king, there was something difficult, a difficult lesson that David needed to learn. And Yoav understood as Natan, as Nathan understood when he confronted David with the story of the poor man and the rich man and the lamb. If they would have confronted David directly, he may not have seen the lesson, but by confronting him with a story where David sees the wisdom and the morality of the story and the lesson, then David was able to apply that lesson to himself in a better way. So, so, now, so, so now the woman leaves the scene. The king turns to Yoav. Um, and he says, yes, I will do this. Bring the boy back. Bring back my son, Avshalom. And Yoav fell on his face to the ground. And he bowed by Avarachet HaMelech and he blessed the king. And Yoav said, Now your servant knows. In other words, I know. That I have found favor in the eyes of my master, the king. Asher also hamelach et tevar avdecha, because the king is doing that which your servant I recommended. Vayakam Yoav Yelach Geshura Yoav went to Geshur, which was where Avshalom was in exile. Vayaveet Avshalom Yerushalayim, and he brought Avshalom back to Jerusalem. Vayomer hamelach. And of course, Yoav then was going to bring Absalom into the king, an audience, to bring some peace between them. 
So the king said, Let him go to his house. But he shouldn't see me. The king was still ambivalent and angry with Avshalom over his deed of killing Amnon. So he took this as, um, he took a middle road, which turns out to have been a dangerous one. It was David's silence against Amnon that brought about the terrible um, uh, revenge that Avshalom took against Amnon. And now David again chooses the route of silence. Vayisov Avshalom al and he, so Avshalom therefore turned and went directly to his house rather than to the king's palace. And did not see the king. So here we have uh, David brought him back, but the reconciliation didn't occur. David was still unable to confront him. And the proper way to confront him would have been to bring Avshalom and to discuss the issue at hand and to make a determination is he guilty? Is he not guilty? And if he is guilty, what would be an appropriate punishment? But David chose not to do this. David chose not, to, had he taken that path, there would have been some form of reconciliation, some form of penance, some form of, of, of peace that eventually developed between David and Absalom. But that's not what happened. And then the, 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 the verses go a little bit off on a tangent to describe to us who Avshalom was, Avshalom And similar to Avshalom, there wasn't any person that was as beautiful as he was in all of Israel that was, that was so praised and so admired by everyone. From his foot until his head, there wasn't a single blemish. He was a perfectly beautiful and handsome man and when he would shave his um, head, apparently he would grow his hair long, and well, like once a year, and it was, would be at the end of days, which typically means at the end of a year, for every year he would shave his hair, because it would become very heavy, he would shave it off, his, the hair on his head weighed 200 shekels according to the royal weight of, as determined what a shekel is. <coughs> so in other words, he had a beautiful head of hair. He was uh, just a, a beautiful man. And um, this is important because if you remember, King Saul was described this way and, and King David was also described for his uh, personal looks. Uh, but King Saul in particular was described this way. And, and we know throughout history that uh, someone... Uh, that who with a, a beautiful appearance often gets chosen for leadership positions by so which gave Avshalom a head up uh, literally on that on that position by and Avshalom had three sons and one daughter Tamar and her name was Tamar and she was a beautiful woman again the name Tamar. Avshalom used the name Tamar for his daughter, just as his sister had the name Tamar, who was also described as a beautiful woman, similar to Tamar, their ancestor, back in, um, in the days of Judah. In Genesis, also a beautiful woman. For two years, Avshalom lived in Jerusalem, and he did not see the king, similar to the time period that Amnon had done the sin and the king was silent about it. 
So Avshalom sent to Yoav Lishloach Oto Al in order to send him to the king. Avshalom was asked Yoav, bring me into the king. But Yoav would not come. So Avshalom was trying to use Yoav as a middleman to bring him to the king, but Yoav wouldn't come. Yoav was instructed by David that Avshalom should not come to the king. So Yoav wouldn't, just ignored it was too difficult for him. He wanted to bring Avshalom to the king. He knew that that's what should happen. Everything he did was to try to bring about a reconciliation, but here he had explicit instructions from David not to. So what did he do? He ignored it. And again, a second time, he sent for Yoav to bring him to the king. Again, Yoav ignored his advances. So in order to get his attention, Avshalom said to his servants, Look, Yoav's field is right next to mine below Shamsa'orim, and he has over there barley growing in his field, burn his field down in fire. And so the servants of Avshalom went and burnt down the field. Again, here we have Avshalom asking others, asking his servants to do the dirty work for him. They, he asked them, his servants, to do the dirty work of killing Amnon. And now he's asking them to do the dirty work of burning down Yoav's field. We're also getting a sense of Avshalom's anger and arrogance here. He's, he, he's been rebuffed over and over again, and then he was brought back, and now he's being rebuffed again, and he's not even being listened to. So he takes the matter into his own hands and commits an act of violence. So now Yoav finally had to come to Avshalom's house. I mean, he just burnt his field down by Yomre love, and he said to him, Why did your servants burn down my field? <coughs> so, so Avshalom said to Yoav, I sent for you, Lamar saying, um, And I wanted to send you to the king to say, Why did I schlep all the way down here from Geshur? It would be better had I stayed there. The purpose of coming back was to bring about peace, was so that our family could get back together. And I'm here and I'm ju just as bad as there, even worse, because now I'm here and I still can't come. And I want to go see the king. And if he feels that I am worthy of death, let him go and take my life. In other words, let the king judge me. Let the king decide what my appropriate punishment is and let's get on with this matter. So Yoav then came to the king and he told him what had happened. So he called Avshalom he came to the king and Avshalom bowed to the king and the king kissed Avshalom. And one gets the feeling we don't hear any, any crying, we don't hear any emotional reunion. There's nothing... Um, uh, beautiful about this reunion. It was as forced and forced can be. Uh, he gave him a kiss, and that's it. That's all we hear. Nothing. We don't hear any words of reconciliation. We don't have any wo hear words of love and peace of this son who now has been uh, two years away in Geshur, two years in Yerushalayim, not seeing him. So it's four years without seeing him, and all David can do is give him a kiss, and that's it. That's all we have. So this. Um, uh, David's failure to bring about some form of reconciliation, even punishment of Avshalom for his deed. Nothing. 
the silence, the doing nothing, again comes from David's guilt. Remember, David also ordered someone's death. So David felt not, he couldn't punish Absalom, but he still was angry with him for what he did. So David was again stuck wallowing in his guilt and unable to move on, which then will bring about a further deterioration of David's family, a further um, uh, um, uh, uh, catastrophe for the monarchy, which we will continue to read as the story continues to unfold. Thank you so much for studying chapter 14 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 15 and, of course, the rest of this beautiful book of Shmuel together.